This is the smell of the leftover tuna fish sandwich you left in your lunchbox over the weekend in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! Blech! And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag. Hefty, hefty, hefty! Ah, <sighs> smell the difference? Hefty Ultra Strong has Arm & Hammer with continuous odor control, so no matter what's inside your trash... Hmm. You can stay one step ahead of Stinky. And for a bigger job, try the superior strength of hefty large black bags. Start with some of my summit episode 2769. It's the 1st of February, and this would normally be the day that we would be running down what's happening in the world of Star Wars this month, but it turns out that something is happening very specifically today, and it's the release of Midnight Horizon by Daniel Jose Older, and I've got a non-spoiler review for you here today. Punch it! <laughs> Hey Rebel Rouser, I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7x7, your daily dose of Star Wars joy and thank you so much for joining me for it. So Midnight Horizon is the young adult novel that kicks off wave three of phase one of the High Republic mega enormous multimedia storytelling initiative and it's also the biggest of the three YA novels that has been put out so far. Nearly 500 pages, it's hefty and as Older had said in social media posts, he had a lot to say. So here's what I'll tell you off the top. The story basically involves a purported Nile attack on Corellia, and that's a big deal because the Nile are generally seen as an outer rim problem. In fact, that's how it's kind of presented in the beginning when the Jedi of Starlight Beacon are forwarded a transmission from Corellia, and they're like, yeah, we're getting this because everybody sees the Nile as an outer rim situation, so anybody who is working the outer rim should be paying attention to it. So Jedi closer to the the core are forwarding this on to the Jedi in the Outer Rim to be able to deal with this and tell them, yeah, you come to Corellia and fix that. So four Jedi are dispatched from Starlight Beacon to investigate two masters, Comac Vetus and Cantum Psy, and two Padawans, Wreath Silas and Ram Jomaram. So they end up splitting up where the Padawans are together and the masters are together and pursuing their own storylines that are related to this whole situation. And in the process, we're introduced to a bodyguard named Crash who has her own bodyguard service. And we find out about competing bodyguard services in Corellia and how they protect the political and cultural elite and also are involved and entangled with underground interests in Corellia as well. So the first three of the five parts of the novel are essentially a mystery story that involves the unraveling of events kicked off by the unexpected murder of one of Crash's bodyguards slash employees slash friends. And it also ties in a union dispute that's happening on one of Corellia's moons. And all of this is happening concurrent with the events of the Fallen Star. So basically there are references to what's happening in the Fallen Star, at least the Jedi are sensing what's happening. And so as far as picking which one to read in which order, definitely read the Fallen star before you read Midnight Horizon because you will have elements of Fallen Star spoiled for you. And both stories, The Fallen Star and Midnight Horizon, basically end at the same point in time. So, 
There are detours also, there are side stories that happen, including one with a character that has been chased in the comics in the High Republic Adventures, which is also written by Daniel Jose Older. And that kind of mirrors something that happens in The Fallen Star, where there's something happening, a character being chased in the High Republic series written by Kevin Scott, who the resolution of that situation is referred to in The Fallen Star, and you see the resolution of the High Republic Adventures situation more directly in Midnight Horizon. And I know they talk about the High Republic as a situation where if you're only reading basically the adult novels, then you'll get the entirety of the gist of the story of, you know, what the big moments are and what's going on. But when you move down into the YA novels and to the uh, middle grade novels and to the comics, I think those actually play a little bit more connectedly with each other to the degree that if you aren't aware of the hunt for this particular character, Crix, who is referred to in Midnight Horizon, if you don't know what's been going on in the High Republic adventures, then it might be a little confusing to be dropped into Midnight Horizon and see that side story develop and not necessarily be familiar with the <laughs> the basics of it, what's been going on up until that point. This story also has something that I feel like has really been missing from the High Republic, and that's Yoda. So you know, CNET already revealed that Yoda is appearing in flashbacks, so this is not a spoiler or anything like that. But it's really kind of surprising that you know we're in this High Republic period and we have the ability to see Yoda in action at a much younger and spryer age, as it were. And he only appeared in the first five issues of the High Republic Adventures and then went off on some mission and left word that they shouldn't go look for him and everything was going to be fine and you know don't worry about him, just go on doing what you're doing. And he hasn't been heard from since. And so that happened like in the beginnings of Wave 1 of Phase one and he hasn't been present in any of the rest of the storytelling. He actually makes a return in flashback in a couple of situations dealing with Cantum Sai's background because apparently Cantum was one of Yoda's Padawans and you know the actual appearance of Yoda in there even in flashback is such that you just you realize how much you've missed him from all this storytelling. It's not like you want him to be the one focus of everything. I almost feel like they may have had a similar challenge with him that Michael Arndt had when he talked about writing the first draft of The Force Awakens and that every time he brought Luke into the story, Luke just took over and everybody was like, you know, what's Luke going to do next, right? They may have felt the same way about Yoda and thought, okay, we got to put Yoda out of the way, like we got to help him kind of get everybody into the story and then we got to set him aside. But seeing Yoda in flashback and hearing some of the conversations that he and Cantum um, Sai have and just so well written by Daniel Jose Older, it just makes you kind of miss the fact that Yoda hasn't been involved in this first phase of storytelling very much at all and you kind of feel a little bit of the hole in your heart about that. We do get a lot of Wreath and Ram interacting with each other and the development of those two characters and their support of each other is really beautiful to see and it's especially important with those two characters, you know, the way that the novel divides up its attention, it's not like Wreath and Ram are the main characters even though in a young adult novel for all intents and purposes they would be but the stuff that they're dealing with it's kind of hard not to consider Daniel Jose Older's background as a you know an EMT in New York City and his 
presumed familiarity with the healthcare profession and also knowing just what healthcare professionals are going through in the actual world right now and not want to layer on some of his insights and experience potentially on Reith and Ram who are suffering from what looks like compassion fatigue at one point and have kind of deadened themselves to emotion because ultimately they feel like the emotions that they're having to deal with are just too much for them to handle and so they've just completely blanked out at one point one of them says that they're not even necessarily getting any you know, joy or good feeling from rescuing anyone anymore. And it's bad enough when you're a teenager and dealing with all of these you know, crazy emotions and hormones and whatnot, and you're also in a monastic order that's telling you to control <laughs> these things, and yet you've also been thrown into a situation that you have no right to be thrown into as a teenager to be dealing with these life and death conflicts and war for all intents and purposes. So yeah, the things that they are going through are extreme to say the least. And and their way of dealing with it is you know, to try and repress for all intents and purposes. And so what ends up happening in the novel and what is probably the most beautiful thing about Daniel Jose Older's Midnight Horizon is how it addresses those emotions and how it shows the Jedi learning from each other in the way that they address all of their emotions. It talks about love and grief and attachment and release and about the fact that this is not a one-time process that you go through this over and over again. And so, yeah, you know, parts four and five have a lot of action and some, you know, surprises and twists and reveals and whatnot. And it's all very well done with lots of humor thrown in as well. I <laughs> shouldn't fail to mention that. But really, the, the gem of this whole thing is the fact that Daniel Jose Older is really diving into the emotional depths of these characters and showing how they are processing the you know, very strong emotions that come with the situations in which they find themselves. It's so much more complex than, say, you know, Yoda in the prequels telling Anakin about somebody who dies. Yeah, they're with the Force now. Miss them do not. Mourn them do not, right? You know, you can have the space to dive more deeply into these things in novels, and Daniel Jose Older does so very, very well in Midnight Horizon. And also, before I go, I just want to say a brief thanks to Disney Lucasfilm Press for sending along a review copy of the book. That was very cool of them to do, and I'm very happy to have shared that with you. So there you go. That's going to do it for today's episode of the show. And it just remains for me to say thank you so much for joining me for it as always. And may the force be with you wherever in the world you may be. Is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox, and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited, other respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2021 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.